mercy there was great uh, and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burden found liberty at Calvary. Amen? And that, that's good. That's a good message um, for us. That's the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Uh, some of you, um, uh, most of you, I think, probably know this, but let me just uh, uh, say it again because it, it fits into what we're going to talk about this morning. And last uh, Sunday night, we prayed for Virginia Mead, uh, Harold and Lemurl's daughter, who was having heart problems and uh, really was in severe uh, difficulty. Didn't know even at that time if she was going to make it. They had shocked her heart four times to try to get it, uh, her heart rate down, and it just would not go down. And uh, didn't know what to do. And so we, we had just a prayer time here uh, on Sunday night. And uh, those who were here got around uh, Harold and Hal and just prayed for them. And when they got back, I uh, found out that uh, somewhere right about the time we were praying for them, that they had shocked her the fifth time and her heart rate went back to where it was supposed to go. Uh, they still don't know what's going on. Still doing some tests to try to figure out why that happened. Um, it, it may have happened as a demonstration to us that God is a God who heals. Because we saw it. We recognize that. It's exactly what's happened. You know, over the years, there have been many times where I have stood over the, the bed of those who were sick or who were dying. And, you know, when that happens, there, there are questions that go through our minds. And there may have been questions that have gone through your minds at different times as you thought about those who were sick and how you should pray for them. And uh, maybe you thought, you know, does God still, still heal like he did during biblical times? I mean, we see Jesus, you know, raising people up and people who were blind could see and different things like, does God still heal like that? Maybe you've, you've wondered if it's okay to, to go to the doctor and to use medicine you know, that's a question that some people have. Some people don't ever go to the doctor because they, they don't think it's right. And, you know, if we go to the doctor, are we saying that somehow we don't trust God to bring about healing if, if we do that? And maybe you've had this question. Maybe you thought, you know, why doesn't God heal everyone who's prayed for? Why are some healed and others are not? You know, there, there's really one basic question I think we got to answer before all the others, and that basic question is, should Christians pray for those who are sick at all? We need to kind of ask that question probably first. So I want us to look at a passage of scripture in James, in James chapter 5, uh, just three verses, and I think that it, it helps us to answer the majority of these questions that we may have concerning how we should pray for those who are sick. So let's look in James chapter 5, beginning in verse 14. This is what God's word says. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. I want us to look this morning into this text and see four instructions 
given as to how we can pray for those who are sick. We all know those who are sick, maybe have cancer, maybe have disease, maybe just some illness of some kind. And we need to know how to pray for them. First of all, I want you to see this instruction. We should pray for those who are sick together as the church. We should pray for those who are sick together as the church. Now, when we start in verse 14, it says, is any one of you sick? So, obviously, he's asking, is there anyone who's sick? He said he should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, very quickly, right off the bat, we answer that most basic fundamental question, should we pray for those who are sick? James says, and James was the pastor over the Jerusalem church in these early days, he says, listen, if you're sick, you need to call the elders of the church to pray for you. And so definitely the answer to, should we pray for those who are sick? The answer is yes, they need prayer. We should pray for those who are sick. Now you may ask the question, why is it that James says that the elders of the church should be called to pray over this person? I mean, is it, is it that those, and by the way, this word elders is, you know, overseers, bishops, pastors, it's all this, the same terminology, all the same word that's used here. Is there something special about my prayers? Is there, is there because I'm the pastor, is there, you know, are my prayers more potent? They, they react a little bit faster, you know, it's, it's a little bit higher dose of prayer, you know, get, get, gets to God a little bit quicker, you know, has a little bit better uh, cell phone range, you know, uh, whatever it is, speed, you know, to get there. Is that what it is? That, that's not it at all. Not it at all. What we see here, the reason the elders are called, there's some practical reasons. And then there's some spiritual reasons. The practical reason here is that if someone is sick and can't get to the church to be prayed for, then doesn't it make sense for those in the church to go to the person who's sick? Okay, that, that's just simple logistics right there. If there's someone in the hospital, they can't get to the church. What does the church need to do? church needs to go to them. So that makes sense. Um, what about this? What if there's someone who has a contagious illness? Do we all as a church want to go over there and let's just gather around them and hug them and all that kind of stuff? You want to do that either? No. So he says, listen, the elders of the church go over and, uh, and pray for this person. And, and so it's not that the pastor's prayers are more potent in any way. It's not that at all. These are some logistical ideas, some physical reasons why it's good for the elders to go and to pray. But you have to understand this. This is the spiritual reason why the elders go and pray for this person who is sick, who cannot get to the church. When the elders go and pray, guess what? They go as representatives of the body. And so when the elders go over, when the pastors go over and pray, the, the body of Christ is represented as they go. Now, I know that there have been many of you who have been sick and in the hospital and I visited you and seen you or Eric has done that or Kelly has done that. Somebody has, has visited you in the hospital. We try to get everyone we know about in the hospital. Uh, we, we, we definitely try to do that. And there are some who say, you know, over the years, Jeff, you know, you didn't have to come. And you know what? You're right. I didn't have to come. You know why I came? It's because I wanted to see you well. 
I wanted to see you out of the hospital. I didn't want to come to visit you in the hospital. I'd much rather see you here, see you in the community, see you at your home. I'd much rather do that. But I want to see you well. And so as I come and I pray, first of all, it's me believing that prayer really works and can heal people of sickness and illness. But secondly, you understand that when we come and we pray for you as ministers of the gospel, that we don't come alone. All the rest of Broad Street Baptist Church comes with us. And we pray on behalf of the church for this person, whoever it is, to be healed. Now, does that mean that uh, you as a regular church member shouldn't go over to somebody's house and pray for them? You as a church member shouldn't go to the hospital and pray for someone who's sick? Absolutely not. Go. I encourage you to do that. And guess what? When you go, guess who goes with you? The rest of Broad Street Baptist Church goes with you when you pray. You go as a representative. And we pray and we lift you up because we want to see you well. This is how God works. You understand, as we've been talking about prayer, this is how God has wired the universe to answer through prayer. So when God's people pray, God answers those prayers. When we are focused on Him and devoted to Him in all things. And we should seek people out. This is what we do on Tuesday mornings, men, in our men's prayer time. We pray for those that are a part of our church that are sick. We pray for those that are in the community that are sick. We pray for those outside of our community that we know of that are sick. And we pray that they would be healed. This is what we do, a large part of what we do on Wednesday nights. You know, we have Wednesday services where you can be here and you can pray for people. 6.30 right here in the sanctuary for you to come and pray. And we list, we have a list of those who have physical needs, spiritual needs, all kinds of needs. And we pray for them. I encourage you to be here. And I know some of you are down helping with Awana and with the youth. Praise God for you. There are many of you who are not. And we need to be people of prayer. Be here, let's pray, let's pour ourselves out to God and ask for God's healing to come on people's lives. Now, let me give you a warning here from the very beginning. You just need to understand this. We so often pray just for people's physical healing. And we often don't pray for a lot of other needs that are around. And we need to be careful about that. I'm not saying, obviously, I'm sitting here preaching to you about praying for the sick. We need to pray for those who are sick. But at the same time, you understand that there are relationships that need to be put back together. You understand that there are souls that need to be saved. You realize that there are Christians who are backslidden, who need to get right with God and their souls be uh, awakened, their souls on fire, as we sung about just a few moments ago. God needs to be praised and glorified for who He is. He needs to be thanked for all that He has done. Confession needs to be made. There's lots more to prayer than just praying for sick people. And so we don't need to be just about sick people. We need to be praying for those who are sick. But we need to pray for all those other things as well. So, we should pray for those who are sick together as a church. Secondly, we should pray for those who are sick together in faith. Pray for those who are sick together in faith. Now, look, look at this. Uh, look at verse 15. 
and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. So obviously faith here is interjected into the equation. Does faith matter when it comes to someone being healed? Well, you know what? This is a big question because, you know, we see so-called faith healers, you know, the, 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 you know hit you on the forehead, knock you over people, um, you know, to, to heal you, um, which, by the way, there have been studies on that. People aren't healed. Um, that's not how God operates. Um, in, uh, you know, he doesn't, Jesus never you know, ask for $12 a pop for people to pay tickets to come into the arena, uh, you know, in order to be healed. That, that kind of thing he didn't do. So what is that? You know, what about people who say if you don't have enough faith, that's why you weren't healed is you just didn't have enough faith. How does faith play into this? Well, first of all, notice that the prayer offered in faith, that's the person praying offers up a prayer in faith. Secondly, I want you to know that Jesus most definitely connected faith and healing all throughout his ministry. I want to give you some scriptures. I want to give you four just real quick ones. You can write down the reference, but this is just so you can see what I'm talking about. Matthew 8, 13. It says, Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. The centurion believed and Jesus healed. Okay, Matthew 9, 22. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. So she believed and she was healed. Luke 17, 19. Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Crippled man, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. What about uh, uh, someone who's blind, Luke 18, uh, 42 and 43. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. Obviously, there is a connection between faith and healing when we see that. So we need to have faith when we go to the Lord and we pray. Doesn't it make sense? That we should be people who pray believing that God can heal? I mean, it doesn't make any sense for us to go to God and not believe that he can heal. And I mean, that's just a waste of time. So God is looking for us to put our trust in him. And you know what? This, this, is, this is key throughout the life of a Christian. It's not so much what we do, but the devotion and the commitment that we have to Christ that makes a difference in our lives. That makes a difference in the lives of those that are around us. It's not that just we come with the formula of prayer and faith. And then God must do that. That's, that's not it. It's not about what we do that somehow changes God. What happens is, is when we come in faith to God. God is pleased with people who love him. Who are devoted to him who count on him, who put faith in him, who rest the, 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 the uh, outcome of a situation on him and say, God, we don't have any other answer. We come to you. You're the one who can do this. Listen, God honors people who are devoted to him.
that's it. It's not just this formula of, you know, we got to do the right thing. No, no, no. It's about us coming with faith and saying, God, we rest all our hope in you. All our hope is in you, God. We're asking for you to do this. And you understand there comes a time when doctors can't do any more. There comes a time when medicine can't do any more. Who do we, who do we turn to? At times like that, we turn to the one who can do all things. And he is the one that we trust in. Now, why is it that not everybody that we pray for is healed? Well, just very simply, it's not always God's will that someone be healed. You know what? He has other plans. He has other things in mind. You know, there's a lot of reasons why people have sicknesses. Let me, let me just list these for you very, very quickly. I got eight, eight reasons. You can write them down if you want to very quickly. First of all, sin, um, uh, there's sickness because of sin in the world. And I'm talking about just general sin in the world. When sin came into the world, sickness followed. That's one of the consequences of sin. So when Adam and Eve sinned, sin came in uh, to this world, guess what? Sickness was brought with that. And so sometimes it, you just got to have sickness because that's the result of sin being in the world. It's not because of one particular sin. It's just because we live in a sinful world. We are tainted by sin. Our bodies are tainted by sin. Number two, there is sickness as a direct consequence of sin. For example, if someone, uh, you know, uh, dips all the time you don't you don't see that as much anymore but do that and then they get mouth cancer okay it's kind of a consequence of of doing that or maybe uh there's someone who is uh sexually immoral and they have they get an std or aids or something like that listen that's a sickness as a direct consequence of a particular sin then there's sickness because of demonic activity matthew chapter 9 verses 32 and 33 talk about an instance of that Certainly, Satan does attack us. Uh, there's sickness to display the works of God in John 9. Sickness to display the works of God. And then there's sickness for God's glory in John 11. Remember Lazarus at the tomb? Lazarus dies and Jesus says, listen, I'm not going to go yet, but he will be raised up for God's glory. Uh, then there's sickness for testing purposes. 2 Corinthians 12 with Paul. There's sickness for discipline purposes. See that in Numbers 12. See that in a number of different places. There's sickness to take a person to heaven. That's what happened to Elisha, the prophet. Elisha got sick. Why? Because God was going to take him to heaven. So we see all of these different instances of sickness. And God works in different ways based on the sickness, based on the reason for it, based on, based on what he is doing. But I want you to know this. Just because a Christian that we have prayed for is not healed physically doesn't mean that they're not healed. You say, well, Jeff, what do you mean by that? That doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, it makes perfect sense. I remember January of 1999, going, I was in seminary, went to chapel. We had been praying for a young man who had a, a cancerous tumor, and we had been praying diligently for him that he would be healed we came back from Christmas break, and it was the first chapel service that we had. Paige Patterson, uh, the president of the seminary, got up, and he stood up before the students there, and he said, I, I want to tell you that the brother we have been praying for has been completely healed. You know, I was thinking, wow, that's, that's tremendous. And then he said, just before Christmas, 
the Lord took him home to be with him. Now, now what, what is that about? Listen, that young man, I think he was 19 or 20 years old, had only been married for about a year before they had um, gone to, to seminary, or gone to college there. And he had been sick with this brain tumor. He had really been taking a hold of his life. Listen, you understand he's not dead today. He's alive. He has no cancer. He has no tumor. He is walking in the presence of God. There is something different. Now, you say, Jeff, Heidi, where, where does that come in our text? You know, are you just making that up? No, 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 no. Verse 15 says, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. That, that word well there, you know what it actually is? It means to save. And then right after that, it says the Lord will raise him up. Listen, no matter whether someone who is a Christian is healed physically, because you understand if they're healed physically, what's going to happen to them later in life? They're going to be sick again, right? And eventually they're going to die. But you know what happens when God takes his children to be with him? They will never die. Once you're with Christ, you will never die. That's the promise of God. So there is a raising of those who are sick and there is a raising to new life. And Christ does both. Listen, I want you to know this. This is so important. The God that we serve, he has many different names throughout Scripture one of the names that is given to God is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, the Lord who heals. The God that you and I serve is a God who can do all things. And he can heal every sickness if it's his will and its desire. And we need to go to him in prayer, trusting him that whatever is needed in a situation that God would do that. And what is best for you will be given to you when God is most glorified. And so we need to be people of prayer. Listen, we serve the Lord who heals. And we ought to pray to the one who heals. We ought to trust him with everyone that we know of who is sick. Those ought to be brought to the Lord. Third, we should pray for those who were sick to be healed as God sees fit. Now, this goes along with what we've said before. God can heal in multiple different ways. You understand that, right? We see that in this text. We have been talking really about God's miraculous healing. And I want you to know that I believe with all my heart that God is a God who can miraculously heal. And when I'm talking about miraculously heal, I'm talking about that when we pray that uh, someone you know, who has cancer, that it would be taken away, that, for example, when they wake up in the morning, the doctors go and look, and guess what? There's no sign of cancer. I believe with all my heart that God can do that. But if someone is, is sick and who is dying, and, and the doctors say there's, there's just hours left, and then in just a few hours, that person is awake, and in a few days is walking out of the hospital. Folks, I've seen it before. I believe that God can do that. 
I believe that God can heal miraculously. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, the president of the International Mission Board, David Platt, told this story to the executive committee uh, just a few weeks ago. This story happened in just the last couple of years. It, it has been uh, documented and, and cooperated by multiple missionaries that this actually took place. There were some International Mission Board missionaries in Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia, same general area that team from Broad Street is going to be going here in, in just a few weeks. International Mission Board team, missionaries have been working with Christians there, and you understand it's very, very difficult. The people have all these superstitions, uh, and, and you know they believe that if they don't worship you know, the, the, the river god or the, you know, the god over this village or the, their ancestors, that, that those gods will bring uh, turmoil, sickness, hurt, pain on them. And so it's very hard for them to give up those gods because they, they think if they give them up that something's going to happen. And guess what Satan often does? They begin to give them up and something happens. So these International Mission Board missionaries have been working with these Southeast Asians and they had a group of them that had come to Christ, had put their faith in Jesus, they were transformed, and then they said, listen, you have got to go out into these villages and tell these people about Christ. These people have never heard about Jesus. You've trusted them, go out. And so they did. And they went to this one village. And when they went into the village, they, they began to see some just lives being changed. And this, this just, you understand that this just doesn't happen very often. People putting their faith in Christ very quickly, or at least it seemed like that. And people were bringing their gods from their homes and, and their little statues and uh, uh, all these different things. And they were piling them up and saying, listen, we're renouncing these gods and we're putting our, our, our trust in the, in the true God. And, and these Southeast Asian Christians, new Christians, they were just excited about what was happening. Well, one morning they woke up and the people were coming and getting their gods and taking them back to their homes. And so they started to go and say, what's, what's happening? What's going on? Why are you doing this? I thought that you had given your life to Jesus. And they said, our chief died last night. And we believe it's because we have forsaken our gods. And so we're taking our gods back and we're going to worship them. Well, these Christians, they begin to think, well, what, what do we do? Now, this is not what we were hoping for. And so they said, well, you know what? We'll just we'll go over to the chief's house, and we'll pray with his family. So they went over there. And they went over to the chief's house, and, and those of you who, who have seen people pass away, listen, you, you know it doesn't take long for you to know that they're really gone. Uh, and, and this man was laying there in the home, and the family was mourning, and the village was mourning. And so these Christians went in, and they began to pray over the man. Just praying for comfort, praying that God's glory would be seen. And in the middle of their prayer, the man coughs. And everybody stops. And they just look. Well, the missionaries don't know what to do, so they, they just keep praying. And they're continuing to pray. And a few moments later, the man coughs again. But this time it wasn't silence. This time everybody in the house ran over to the man and the man started to breathe. And the man sat up. This man who had been dead all night 
got up and began to walk around in the room. And so everybody that were looking at these missionaries, and they said, uh, what did you do? And so they thought this would probably be a good time to share about Jesus. And so they started to do that. They started to tell them about Christ and what Christ does. And he is the God who has, he's the one who faced death and conquered death and rose from the grave. And it's through him that all power comes. And guess what? That village put their faith in Jesus. Let me tell you something. God still does the miraculous. He still does that. But I want to tell you this too. God also works through doctors and medicine. Now, look at the text and we see in verse 14. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, there's some disagreement on this, but I think that the evidence is pretty clear that the oil that is talking about here is not like, you know, just anointing someone. This is medicinal oil. Olive oil was used for all kinds of things. And one of the things it was used very often for uh, was someone who's sick. It was used for medicine. And so I, I think that when the elders are coming over, they're saying, hey, listen, bring some medicine with you to, to do this. Now, that's not a lack of faith in God. You under, who, who's the one who gave us medicine? Isn't it God? Who's the one who put the knowledge in doctors to be able to understand the human body and what's going on so that they could tell you what your symptoms are, are pointing to and to give you medications to help? Don't you think God is the one who made those doctors and put that knowledge in them and allow them to have that knowledge? Listen, God's not disconnected in some way from medicine and from doctors. God uses that too. So listen, when we pray for those that are sick, don't forget also to pray for the doctors, to pray for the nurses, that they would have knowledge and wisdom to be able to do what needs to be done. Pray that the medications would work and that they would do exactly what they were designed to do as God intended them to do. God didn't make any mistakes when he put the different uh, you know, leaves and plants and different things around the world. He knew that they would be taken and used for his glory. He can do that in medicine. So let's make sure that we, we use that. Listen, Jesus even said, now he's talking about something different, but he uses the doctor as an illustration. In Matthew 9, 12, he says, on hearing this, Jesus says, is it not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick? Now he's talking about spiritual things, but he's, he's using the illustration. He says, listen, don't sick people need a doctor? I mean, that you're supposed to give the answer, well, of course. Of course they need a doctor. So Jesus himself seems to say, listen, it's okay for there to be a doctor. But listen, pray in this way. Pray for doctors. Pray for the medicine to work. Pray for the nurses. Pray for those in the healthcare field. Certainly pray for those when you're praying for those who are sick. Finally, we should pray for those who are sick to be healed completely. Very quickly here, I just want you to see. Let me read all of verse 15 again. It says, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up if he has sinned. He will be forgiven. Then verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Now, how does Jesus go from 
physical healing here to somehow confessing your sins. Doesn't seem to, to make any sense there, but there is a connection. Remember the different reasons for sickness that I told you? Some of those are because of sin. And as people who are sick, do you think it would be a good thing for us to confess our sins? I think so. And God wants us to do that so that we're right with him. Do you think it's also good for the person who is praying for those who are sick, for them to be right with God? Do you think confession is good for them as well? Listen, he says the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Do you, is the prayer of the, the person who harbors sin in their heart and is not willing to confess it to God, do you think God's going to listen to that prayer? No, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. So what he's talking about here is, that I think in both senses, there needs to be a confession of sin. Listen, let's make sure that we get ourselves right with the Lord. Let's make sure that we're in right relationship with him. And, and I even think when he says in verse 16, therefore confess your sins to each other, that he's talking about if there's a sickness that is due to some sin or something, that people need to get together and confess that sin to each other. You say, well, I don't want to confess my sin to other people. That's embarrassing. Yeah, because sin's embarrassing. Do you think that would maybe have an effect on whether you sin in that same way in the future or not? If you knew you were going to confess it to someone? It does. Listen, God has a reason for this. This is something that as American Christians, we say, you know, our faith is, is something personal to us and it's nobody else's business. Listen, God says it is people's business. You need to confess it. Why? Because it helps you to get it right. We need each other in that. Now listen, let me give you a warning here with confession. When, if you're confessing sin to someone else, they do not need all the juicy details. They don't need that. Don't give it to them. You confess the sin and then you pray together that God would make it right, forgive you in your life, and you would get back on track with the Lord. That's how that works. This is not a gossip session. So if you see someone, if you're, if you're the one who is listening to someone confess, and they start getting into all the details, you tell them, I don't need that, don't want that. Just stop right there, I, know, I understand the sin, let's pray. So you don't need all of that. Listen, I, I think one of the reasons that, that we are in the spiritual and probably even physical situations we are in is because we don't confess our sins to the Lord as we should. When I was in Moldova in 2010, I uh, went to a church up in the northern part of the country, and there were about, I think, five or six people who were saved in that service. Praise God for that. We were, we were excited. Uh, there weren't that many in the, in the church, uh, but they, they had these uh, uh, young people who were saved. They, they lined up in there. And, and guess what the pastor did um, after they had come up? He gave them a microphone. And they start talking in, in uh, uh, Romanian. And obviously, I can't understand what he's saying. So the guy who's tran translated for me leans over and he says, they're confessing their sins to the church. You know what I thought? Wow, that wouldn't go over well in America. But you know what? It should. It should. We privatize our sins and we just hide it away. 
And therefore, our sins are very often not taken care of. And they continue to eat at us. Eat into our lives and cause us to not be effective with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think this is something that we have missed. Somehow we have said, ooh, I can't do that. I'm not doing that. You can't make me do that. And you know what? You're not just saying, you're not saying that to me. Saying that to me is not a big deal. You're saying that to God. You're saying, God, you don't know what I need. And that is a big deal. Listen, God heals in every way. God heals in us when we are sick. He can do that. And guess what else God can do? Through the blood of Jesus shed on the cross and through his resurrection, you are also healed from your sin. That's what Christ has done for us. When we put our faith in Jesus, our sins are forgiven. And listen, we shouldn't go back to that. We shouldn't root around in that sin again. We ought to be freed from that. One of the ways you do that is confess your sins to each other. And then pray. And then pray. Listen, this is what I want us to do just, just for a short time. I, I want us to take some time. Uh, you may know of people who are here in the church that are, are they're going through a time of sickness of some kind. And this, I, I just want if, to, if you know that, I want to ask if you get up and, and just go pray with them in just a second. Just, just quietly just go and pray. Maybe there's something that you need to confess. The Lord has put it on your heart. Maybe somebody next to you, you want to talk to a friend or uh, somebody who's, who's in the church. I would, I would pray that you confess that. If it needs to be confessed, you get it right. But I want us to just take some time to pray. Maybe if you say, I don't know of anybody else here who's sick that I, I can go pray for. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know of anything that I need to confess. That may be the case. Listen, I know that there are people on your mind you know of that are sick. Let's take them to the Lord. Okay, I'm, I'll, I'll close this in prayer in just a second, but I'm going to give you just some time to do that. So listen, right now, if you need to, you get up, you go pray with people, you go talk to them. If you need to do that, everybody else, let's close our eyes, let's begin to pray, and let's ask God's healing on those that are sick. By the way, don't forget those who need spiritual healing as well. Let's go to the Lord and let's pray.
Father in heaven, we come before you. And we are so grateful that you are Jehovah Rapha. You are the Lord who heals. Lord, there is much sickness in this world. We see it all around us. And God, it just seems like it has so much victory over our lives sometimes. But Lord, we know that you are the one who is victorious over everything. And we, we understand that you do as you please. But God, there are some situations where we just ask that your hand would work. Lord, whether that's through miraculous means to heal or whether that's through medicine or chemotherapy or radiation or medicine or something else. Lord, whatever, whatever it may be therapy of some kind, God, that you would just bring healing. God, you are the God who heals. There is nothing that you can't heal. You demonstrated that to us in your son, Jesus, who obviously cared about those who were sick because he would do things like stand and heal people as they lined up at the door of the house where he was staying and he just healed and healed and healed. God, you You are the God that we cry out to for healing. So, Lord, in every situation that has been brought up in this time, we just ask you you to be the powerful God that knows all things. And, Lord, we pray that your will would be done. You bring healing. Lord, most of all, God, I pray that you would heal those who have a sin sickness and don't understand it, don't know it, don't recognize it. Lord, help them to repent, help them to turn to you. Lord, those that are lost and don't know your son Jesus as Lord and Savior, heal their heart, heal their soul. And we know that that happens only through Christ. Lord, we pray that you would heal those Christians that are among us, that are in this uh, area who for some reason are caught in sin and are backslidden and struggling to get out of it. Lord, bring revival to their hearts and souls Help them to get right with you. Lord, we are thankful that no matter whether sickness in this sinful world will take us or not, if we are in your son Jesus, we have the victory in him and eternal life through him. God, we thank you for this victory that you give us. We know that no physical ailment will keep us from your presence if we have given our lives to your son Jesus. So Lord, just work among us. Help us to be a people of prayer. Help us to focus on uh, praying together. Help us uh, to focus on praying for the sick. Help us to pray for those who, who are lost, Lord. Help us to, to be dedicated in that, faithful in that. And then, Lord, you honor it. We just ask that you would honor it. God, be praised through all that we do. Lord, take this invitation time that we're about to have. I would pray that you would use it for your honor, your praise, and your glory. Lord, this is the time where you can change people's hearts and change people's lives. We know that you can do it. We've seen it before. God, this is where uh, you can draw people closer to yourself. Whatever needs to be done, this is where confession of sin can be done. Lord, whatever needs to happen, God, you just bring it about. So, God, we give this invitation to you. We give it to you for your glory, for your praise, for your honor. We want your glory to be seen among us. And, God, as we are the praying people you've called us to be, help the light 
of your goodness shine through us to this area, to Hawkinsville and Pulaski County, that people would know you are with us and you would be glorified. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you have a decision to make, this is the time to do it. If you want somebody to pray for you, again, you can pray for them. Pray here at the altar. You have something else you need to do, join the church. You come talk to me. We'll take care of all the details as the Lord leads. Follow his leading. Let's stand together as we begin our invitation time.